Welcome to Linda's Life Lessons Podcast. As a teaching professor, my students often tell me that their favorite part of class was when I chatted with them in what they called Linda's Life Lessons. I would take five or 10 minutes at some point in class, not every day, and chat about things that had come up, maybe in one-on-one meetings with students in my office or a question asked in class. There's pretty much nothing out of bounds. We talk about it. In these podcasts, I share tips for students and parents, helpful guidance through the college years, and a few stories along the way. We chat about situations students have found themselves in and how we navigated it. Along the way, we talk about some do's and don'ts for parents, too. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Linda's Life Lessons Podcast. Believe it or not, in this episode, we chat about sex. Not the how-tos. Hopefully you have the basics of sex sorted out, so we aren't going to talk about that. But let's talk about some other stuff related to and having to do with sex. Why this conversation? (laughs) Because my students came to me about it. Not going to lie, I wish this conversation didn't need to happen, but here we are. So we've all heard the no means no thing, so we'll keep that part brief. Pretty sure you grew up with it. My boys definitely did. We're a baseball-loving family, so I'm going to use baseball for an analogy in this. Plus, I'm old enough to remember when Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Light was a hit, and there's definitely a bit of baseball in that song. If you don't know what I'm referring to, give it a listen, after listening to this episode, of course. Okay, let's say you and your partner are playing baseball. You're both really having fun and pretty into it. Soon enough, you're making some progress on the field. Past first base, on your way to, and now past second base, on your way to, well, you get the idea. All seems great. In fact, fantastic. After all, who doesn't love baseball? All at once, you barely notice it at first because you're so into the fun, but you realize your partner is pulling back, signaling no, and maybe they are even verbalizing no. Gosh, you are so into the game. And they were right up until this moment, at least they seem to be, and now all at once they're changing their mind? What the heck? It's hard to process, right? But here's the thing, your partner or yourself, you always have a right to change your mind and stop playing the game. It might be a bit challenging to pull yourself together and stop playing, but you must. Every person gets to decide whether or not they want to finish the game. Doesn't matter if you're rounding third and headed to home base for a run. They want you to stop, you stop. Do your best to shake off your frustration and irritation and anything else you might be feeling and focus in on what's going on with your partner. No always means it's time to stop. At some point, you'll want to have a conversation about what happened, about what's going on with your partner. This might not be the best time. Only you and your partner will know when it's the best time to talk about it. It's okay to feel frustrated and disappointed. But anger, not okay. People have the right to change their mind, no matter where you are in the game. Do your best to listen and understand where they're at. There could be many reasons that cause people to stop playing the game. Maybe they've never played it this way before. Maybe they're scared of how this version of the game will change your relationship. Maybe something hurts. Maybe, maybe, maybe. 
listen, your relationship will be better for it. And yes, there's a chance that the person you're playing baseball with isn't someone you are trying to have a relationship with. You just want to play one game with them. They still get to say no at any point during the game. And you must respect their wishes. Okay, so we've got the basic no means no taken care of. What else is there? Well, I've got a story for you. A few years ago, early Saturday morning of the weekend before final exams of the spring semester, a former student called me. He texted me first, asking if I was available to talk to him. To say Charlie, not his real name, was upset is an understatement. He had been in my class the previous semester and was finishing his junior year of college. Charlie was panicking because he was in serious trouble and he didn't know what to do. Here are the basics of the story he shared with me. In October of the previous year, Charlie and his roommates in the dorm were celebrating because their team had won an important game. They were drinking in their dorm room, which incidentally is not permitted, and Charlie was drunk. Around 10 o'clock, Sally, not her real name, knocked and came into the room. She lived in the same dorm and was a good friend of Charlie's. Sally was interested in being more than friends and moving their relationship to boyfriend and girlfriend, but Charlie didn't feel the same way. Sally had not been celebrating and Sally was sober. Charlie and Sally ended up having sex that night in his dorm room. Charlie's roommates were there, but they were asleep when the couple was engaged in their romantic endeavors. At some point, Sally left Charlie's room. The next day, they talked. Charlie thought everything was fine. Life moved on. One semester blended to the next. Charlie and Sally never had sex again, and their friendship did not move forward into the relationship Sally had been hoping for. Charlie called me because on Friday, the last day of the spring semester, Sally had gone forward with a claim that the sex they had in October was non-consensual. She was saying that Charlie had raped her. Sally, going forward as she did, opened an investigation, and now Charlie had trouble. Big trouble. After a sleepless night, he called me, asking what he should do. He was completely blown away by Sally's accusations because he thought their friendship was what it had always been. He didn't like anything that I told him about what he needed to do, starting with calling his parents and then getting an attorney because this was serious. Very serious. I also recommended that he contact his professors about his final exams because at this point, he was in no position to prepare to take an exam. It was awful. From my position, from what I could see, none of this made sense. I had Charlie in two classes over the, so over nine months, two classes, and he never seemed to be a player. What I know of Charlie is that he's not a guy who is capable of what he was accused of, and he was in very serious trouble. But I also know that I wasn't there, that people behave differently after they've been drinking, you know, all the things. Charlie never told me the girl's name. The only thing he told me was that she wasn't a business major, so she had never been in my class, which meant that I probably didn't know her. Charlie ended up going through a whole lot, but it never ended up going to trial because there wasn't any evidence. No one other than Sally said she had been raped. What I do know is that Charlie believed he didn't rape Sally. But let's be real. Charlie, by his own admission, was drunk and maybe didn't remember things fully. Not good. Charlie and I had a talk, 
and I'm sure his parents did too, about bad decisions and responsibility. Let's talk a bit about responsibility. In our home, we often reminded our boys, if you're going to play, you got to be prepared to pay. When they were in high school, a friend who had daughters commented to me about how much easier it is to be the parent of boys because they don't have the same responsibility as girls. I shut that down pretty quickly, pointing out that my boys had full responsibility for any situation they got themselves into, that if their partner ended up pregnant, my son would be very involved in whatever happened next. As an aside, it's pretty amazing how many people believe that the first time a girl has sex, she can't get pregnant. Totally not true. But people believe it, and they can end up with an unwelcome surprise. I know someone who didn't learn he had a child until that child was in their 40s. The child's mom was a college freshman at a party, ended up having drunk sex for the first time ever, and ended up pregnant. The dad, also drunk, never knew until the child came looking for him when that child was in their 40s. So be safe, my friends, and never assume there's a safe day. There isn't. I got pregnant with my first child while I was on the birth control pill and with my third child on the day my period had ended. So it happens. If you're going to play one baseball game, you might end up paying for an entire season. Okay, let's talk a bit more about the Charlie and Sally thing, this time from Sally's position. I'm going to be real here. First of all, If what Sally accused Charlie of is true, that he raped her, my heart is with her and I hope she has gotten help and counseling and I am very sad that Charlie didn't pay a big price. He paid because many things in his life changed, but he didn't pay in terms of the law. But the thing is, I was once a young woman and I didn't always do what was best for me. So here's some advice. This is coming from a place of Charlie didn't rape Sally that they had consensual sex, that Sally regretted after the fact. I get it. I've been there. I had relations with someone who I thought was going to be a special person in my life, and that just didn't happen. It didn't turn into a relationship. I do know of one couple who met in college, were intimate the first night they met, and 36 years later, they are still happily married. After they met, they both went home and told their roommates, They had met the person they're going to marry. There are probably more couples like this, but I only know of one. I consider these friends to be unicorns in that sense. For most of us, we do the thing and then in the light of day, ugh, what the heck did we do? What did I do and why did I do it? That's a whole different conversation. I'm just saying that it happens. It's okay to wish you didn't do it, to have regrets. But it's important that we own what we did and not blame someone else for our decisions, for our actions. And while we're talking about this, here's some advice. Don't have sex with a partner when they are drunk and you are sober. It's not going to be a good experience for you. It's just not. So don't do it. Unless you've been with them for a long time, even then, wait until they've sobered up because the whole experience will be much more enjoyable. This is coming from a person who has been married for a long time. One of my friends once told me that when she and her husband were first together, they decided they would never have sex when one was drunk and the other wasn't. At first, I didn't get it, but believe me, over the years, I definitely saw the wisdom in that decision. 
So think about it. Let's say you are Sally. You go to Charlie's room. He's drunk. This is not the time to decide to take your friendship to the next level and be intimate for the first time. Go back to your room and wait for a different day. Yes, I'm being a bit lighthearted about this right now. Please don't misunderstand. What Charlie was accused of is very serious. No means no, always. Sally had the right to decide she didn't want to finish the ball game. Charlie didn't let her stop. That's not okay. But to me, it's equally not okay for Sally to finish the game with Charlie and then months later decide that she really didn't want to have played the game and that the game occurred against her wishes. Bottom line, be respectful. Listen, even in the throes of the game, you still have a responsibility to your partner. They get to change their mind and say so. The reality is, and yes, I know how this sounds, but it is so true, sex is so much better with someone you know, like, and trust, and better yet, love. It just is. It's much more fun. There are a few things in my life that I wish I had done differently. Who doesn't? But deciding to wait to be intimate with someone, that is something I never regretted. Never. So take your time. Explore other activities. Really get to know each other. Once you play the entire baseball game, it changes things. In a good relationship, it changes things for the better. Give yourself time to learn if your relationship with your partner is a good one. At minimum, go into the baseball game relatively sober, ready to play, and ready to listen. That will set the stage for both of you to have so much fun. Well, here we are, the end of what I hope has been a helpful chat. I want all good things for you. I want you to have a happy, really good life. So I hope this conversation has been helpful to you. If you found value in this episode, would you please share it with your friends? I would love it if you took a moment to subscribe to the Linda's Life Lessons podcast. I always love to hear from you, so please take a moment to write a review. Connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to find your happy, love what you do, and make a difference. See you next week. When I'm teaching, I end the week of classes with this message that I will now leave with you, my friend. Have a lovely, fantastic, and fun weekend, and please come back to me safely. See you next time.